0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. Great to have your company for another week right here on The Morning Show. It's Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, wherever you've got me on the SEN app. You know the deal this morning. 0457 736 736 is the text line at 1300 01 1170. That open line number. Pick up the phone. Give me a call this morning. Any topic you'd like to speak about, I'm here, we'll take every single call. My lineup this morning, I'm looking forward to a chat with Dane Gagai. So the Indigenous the Maori All Stars match on Friday night at Queensland Country Bank Stadium in Townsville and Dane will be playing for the Maori team after representing the Indigenous team before and also playing for the Maro's back in 2019. But here's the kicker to this one. So he has dual eligibility. He can play for both. And a couple of years ago, he was essentially split between deciding to go on his father's side, the Indigenous side, Torres Strait Islander background, or the Maori side, his mother's side. However, this year, he decided to do it because his brother, Jacob, was also selected in the Maori team. However, Jacob is now not playing. He's going to prepare what is hopefully his round one debut with South Sydney after an injury, which I'll get to a little bit later on at the Bunnies. So the way that it's transpired is that Dane's up there in Townsville preparing to play for this match that he was hoping to play with his brother in. However, his brother won't be there. However, still, Dane will. And uh, we'll catch up with him a little bit later on this morning. In fact, in about 25 minutes time, Daniel Garb will be along to talk world of football. Laurie Horish from ESPN is about to head home from Las Vegas. So let's recap for you in depth Super Bowl 58. And I'd like to know this morning, how did you consume the Super Bowl yesterday? It's a work day for us. And it starts as we're all starting our working day. Now, I had the day off because here on SEN, Jared Whateley and Benny Graham and the team were calling it, as you know, live. So I got a mixture of all things. I watched a bit in the morning, I watched a, a bit of the start of the match. I ended up having to travel yesterday so I was tuned into SEN's coverage. So I got the the bells and whistles of the TV coverage and I watched it through seven channel 7. It's coverage I think on 7 mate they had the armchair critic program in the morning and then that rolled into CBS's coverage. So it was CBS's coverage. From start to finish and then I when I was out I just listened to our coverage which was awesome including the final play I was on the road when the final play took place and that's how I consumed it so a couple of do's and don'ts after the Chiefs beat the 49ers yesterday and we'll pick through all the details and what it means for the Kansas City Chiefs and probably more importantly what it means for the San Francisco 49ers but what about the do's and don'ts now that the NRL are heading over there. So our focus at Allegiant Stadium quickly turns around to Rugby League. If there are some do's and don'ts from what you saw yesterday in terms of pre-match entertainment, half-time entertainment, the coverage itself, what could we do and do well, do you think, in the NRL? And what don't we want to do? What shouldn't we be taking from... Super Bowl and all that goes with it into our big extravaganza over there. I did a quick straw poll around the office this morning, folks. Now, the celebrity star power seems to be top of the list. So one thing the NRL could do well is try and get as many celebrities there and get the TV cutaways to them. The obvious one, Taylor Swift, right? So Taylor ain't going to be there for that one. But celebrity star power needs to be first and foremost. A couple of people in the office love the flyover, that whole extravaganza of how the Americans do it so well, thank you for your service, all that kind of stuff. Very hard for us to do that, obviously. And then the graphics in terms of the TV coverage and how they utilise their graphics. So there's some do's and don'ts in there. And then on the don'ts side, I think a lot of it speaks to the Americanism of the whole thing, which it is. It's Super Bowl but we don't want a halftime show that lasts forever. And remember, we've got a double header there, so we need to keep things moving. 0457 736 736. Hit me up on the text line this morning. Some do's and don'ts that you could take away from the Super Bowl yesterday, whether it's on the field entertainment, what they provide there, or the TV side of things that you would like to see done or not done when the NRL heads over there for that. Doubleheader, or give me a call, 1300-01-1170. And we've got the third T20 International being played tonight in Perth. So coverage right here on SCN from 7 o'clock. Australia v. the West Indies. Now, we've won both matches heading into this one. But again, it will come down to the selection and the interest around who the Australian selectors will go for here. Jake Fraser McGurk has been called in to the squad and will more than likely make his T20 International debut tonight. So this is after making his one-day international debut for Australia in the Sydney match and then the Canberra match where he went ballistic, 41 off 18. One of the big questions here is, would the selectors think about putting Jake Fraser McGurk and Glenn Maxwell into the same starting lineup? I get the feeling that they're going to rest Maxwell this evening, but they're both in the squad, and you talk about wanting to generate interest – Glenn Maxwell hit 120 not out of 55 the other night in Adelaide and had to plead with selectors for him to get a start in that one. They were originally going to rest him there. So if you're Cricket Australia at the moment and you're thinking, how do I get bums on seats? How do I get tickets sold? How do I get more engagement into this dead rubber of a match? Well, maybe I find room for Jake Fraser McGurk and for Glenn Maxwell. Is that what you'd like to see? Is there anything you'd like to see in this third T20 International tonight to keep you interested? Adam White will join us to talk all the way through the issues of cricket and uh, the Australian selections this evening, plus the next level of Australian players coming through on the men's side. Our under-19s won the World Cup final against India, as you probably know by now, a 79-run victory in South Africa after bowling India out for just 174. So if you fast forward a few years where the older generation of the Australian team is gonna move on, have a look what's already coming through. Have a look what's there at the moment. Xavier Bartlett will make his debut tonight. Jake Fraser McGurk, as I said, probably make his T20 debut tonight. Jake is 21 years of age, and then we've got this incredible under-19s team. Let me know your thoughts on that. So the couple of the issues at hand this morning as we dig into what's been making news in the sporting world. I switched on the news last night and saw that there was a big brawl between Adam Reynolds and Pat Carrigan. And the in, uh, investigation's already starting and the integrity unit's going to have a look at the footage which is leaked on social media. And there they are having a rumble after a fan day. <sighs> rugby league, hey? Eh? This is rugby league <laughs> at its absolute best. So I look my first reaction on this is so what. So what? I mean that's the way it is. The weirdness out of this is we've got the players there at a fan day, next minute they're all out getting juiced up. They're <laughs> they've gone to fortitude valley. I've seen that it's been called a bonding session rubbish. They don't need any bonding sessions. They've just gone out and get on the got on the cans. So I don't know what the integrity unit's going to investigate. If you don't want players to go out and wrestle when they're drunk, then stop them getting drunk in the first place or somehow come over the top of them and and come down on them going out and getting on the, you know what, after a fan day. There's a time and a place for everything of this. Was it a massive fight? Do you think it's going to split the Broncos in half? Doubt it and no. Was it something that was captured on social media of a couple of blokes who were absolutely on the cans and rolling around. What do you reckon footballers don't do that often? I mean, it's the Barnaby Joyce moment of the NRL. Probably just need to move on. Do you think it's a big deal? Let me know. There's a couple of footballers who've had too much to drink. The NRL integrity unit, I reckon, would take a look at it and say, guess what, fellas? Don't get on the source and go out. You want to do that? When you're employed in a public arena, do it somewhere else. But that's about it. I can't imagine too much else is going to come out of it. But, hey, that's rugby league. Turbo, Gerbo and Burbo, they're all heading to Vegas, it appears, which means that Josh Schuster won't be in that starting team for Manly because Ben Trebojevic is going to be rewarded for what's been, by all reports, a brilliant pre-season for him. So the youngest of the three Trebojevic brothers will be there. Josh Schuster will make his maiden appearance of the preseason in a weekend trial against the Sydney Roosters. And after everything that has been said about Josh Schuster himself, whether he's fit, he's had the injury problems, he's had chicken pox as well. Yesterday, he fronted the media at the Manly Seagulls launch, and here's what he had to say. This is probably the best pre-season I've had since those three little hiccups. I just got to pull my head down, and I just know deep down, my my footy will um, take care of itself. And... There will be less, less articles about me. I played back row in my juniors. Um, my first, first year of NRL, I played back row. And that was probably my, probably my best season since I've been in NRL, playing in back row. So um, I'm happy to be back there and I'm excited. So there's a fair bit going on in Josh Schuster's world and a fair bit going on at Manly. And, of course, Anthony Seabold's made no secret of his desire to have competition for spots. And of course, especially in the back row where Ben Trebojevic seems to have the upper hand. And also at Manly, former New South Wales origin forward Nathan Brown will be available to play in round one. He's been upgraded to the top 30 list. And this came about, as we spoke about last week, of the release of Christian Tuopolotu to St George Illawarra. So that's freed up the space and that allows Nathan Brown now to be in the club's top 30. As I mentioned, Jacob Gagai won't be playing in the All-Stars match because South Sydney have held him back thanks to, unfortunately, an injury to teenage flyer Tyrone Munro. So Jacob is the 28-year-old brother of Dane, yet to play first grade, but he's now in with a big chance in round one after Munro broke his collarbone at training over the weekend. He underwent scans yesterday, and that means he'll miss up to eight weeks so some injury dramas there and a growing list of absentees as they prepare to head for America. So Gagai will need to uh, get all that sorted and we'll hear from his brother Dane a little bit later on in the program. 0457 736 736. So happy to talk rugby league. There's plenty of it this morning as we start to gear up towards the All-Stars match and then, of course, that double header. And before you know it, folks, we'll be up and running A couple of other issues in the sporting world. Rugby Union, what do you make of this from Rugby Australia? And I reckon this is a great case of Phil Wall reading the room that hasn't been read very well recently. Rugby are making a decision here to look at the Bledisloe Cup being played in the afternoon. Now, normally, when you schedule something in the afternoon, you take a massive chunk out of the fact that you're giving your broadcaster a prime-time product and all of the sponsorship and advertising dollars and eyeballs that come with it. However, this is a smart, smart play because a Bledisloe Cup clash in Sydney in the afternoon would be the first time in almost three decades that there is a home there for Rugby Union to be played in the afternoon. There's a history there for Test matches to have a daytime kickoff. Plus, it avoids a direct clash with their own broadcaster between the Bledisloe Cup and the NRL semi-final. So we're talking about September 21 here, the match against the All Blacks, obviously, at a core stadium. So Rugby Australia, in my view here, have gone, okay, we've got two things that we can do. We, We can read the room for a start. The rugby audience will, in my opinion, gravitate towards an afternoon match against the All Blacks. And... We don't go up against the NRL semifinal on our own network and get smashed. Well done to them. I, I can't see anything wrong with that one. If you can, let me know. But credit where credit's due here and RA boss Phil War has confirmed that he's in talks with the Nine Network and Stan Sport as well as the other stakeholders to try and get a daytime kickoff. And then you roll it in to the NRL that night. Different audiences, they know that. But why take on a beast that you're going to get smashed by? And also, why not tap into some of the history that you already have? one 1170 is my open line number, or 0457-736-736. So let's backtrack a little bit, folks, about what we're talking about this morning. I want to know your do's and don'ts from the Super Bowl that the NRL need to look at. From Super Bowl 58, what would you do if you're Peter Volandis? And what wouldn't you do? If you're the NRL and you're heading over there, as we know, for that double header after what you saw yesterday, on the field or off. Let me know your thoughts on that one. One 1170 It's nineteen minutes after nine on this Tuesday morning.